This is B. Neverland, your host. I'm glad you could join us. On this episode, we're going to go back on where we left off from the strong delusion. This is part two. In plain old words, we've forgotten God. Let's just come right out and say it. We have forgotten God as a nation, as a global world. As the nation and as the world, we have forgotten God. Our money is God. Our Cars are God. Our success is God. We engulf our eagles with likes and subscribers as a way to pat ourselves on the back and even feel love, especially in these times of isolation. We look for some sort of acceptance from society to feel like we're in the crowd, the in crowd, where we're, 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 we're up with the Joneses, like they would say. Nobody wants to feel left behind. No one wants to feel left out. In terms of technology and the latest happenings, relying on notifications to start your day and not on your knees, asking the Lord and thanking the Lord for giving you another day and asking to Lord, the Lord to prepare your day. We get into now where we are, not only are we isolated by this quote unquote pandemic, this pandemic is to the point now where they shove a whole bunch of technology down our throats now. So the technology is supposed to substitute for a human being. They throw us, uh, so they say their kids can't go to school. But it's funny how the kids can go to school for orientation to pick up their supplies, but they can't go to school to learn, so-called learn. So now we have to resort to Zoom. Zoom now is our mediator between business person or employee, uh, the mediator between uh, student and teacher. There's no more interaction. We can no longer sit in front of another human being and have an outright conversation or discuss anything of importance because it's all consolidated into technology, into computers, into, into mobile devices, into 5G. This is the reason 5G was created. 5G was created to connect, to connect to connect our brains and the frequencies of these computers so therefore they'll be able to manipulate our brains. They'll be able to manipulate our bodies and use our bodies to do their deeds. See, Pete, I know that's far-fetched. That sounds like a sci-fi movie. Remember I said um, uh, predictive programming? They knew this already. So now is the time to release it. But they, they, they're dropping it on us slowly with this COVID thing. This COVID thing is the ultimate mask to do everything that they've been wanting to do for centuries. This is the ultimate chance. The lifetime, lifetime, chance of a lifetime. The opportunity of a lifetime has struck. And they are pouncing on it. They're not going to allow this to, to get out of their grasp. And you see Biden, Biden is salivating. He loves it because he's pro-coronavirus uh, tac- 
task force. He's for that. He's for, uh, we need to fight this thing. We're all going to fight this thing. How can you fight something that you can't see? I, I thought um, Trump said that this is an uh, invisible enemy. Hmm, you got that right. Invisible enemy. The unseen is eternal. The, the seen is temporary. So, yes, you're right. We are fighting an invisible enemy. Virtual reality is the new way of communication to uphold peace and safety. In the Bible, the Lord said in the end times, when they say peace and safety, then shall come sudden destruction. So remember that because it will be used a lot in these times, whether it comes down to countries making deals, uh, when they're talking about all the restrictions and all the violations and all the rights that are going to be taken out of the Constitution, all the rights that are going to be uh, taken away from us, unawares, and all the new laws that will be slipped under the covers. We'll be all under the phrase of peace and safety because they're trying to uphold peace in the nation and they're trying to keep us safe. But remember, the Lord had already pre-warned us of these times. I want to go back to Zoom. <laughs> Hold on. I want to go back to Zoom. Because I, I, I can't get this. How did a company that no one ever heard about just automatically just appear and was able to be on standby to take care of a, a, such a situation as this that has never been done before. How was you able to conjure up something so fast? Yeah, I know Zoom was always, they were always existed. How were they able to just soar as a, as a, as a small company? Just soar. I bet you their stocks are through the roof. It's a money grab, y'all. It's a money grab. Everybody got their hands in the pot except for us. We are the ones that are making that pot fatter for them because we keep falling in line. If we don't fall in line, then they, their, their plans start to get rocky and, and now they have to reconstruct and now they have to call an audible. But if we just fall in line and, and knowing there's no pushback, smooth sailing. But the question is, what can we do about it? What can we do about it? Physically, there's nothing we can do about it. But spiritually, we can move mountains. Brothers and sisters, don't you realize the power that the Lord Yeshua has granted us? That if we all come together as one and in one accord, we're all praying to the Father. We're all praying to the Father in the name of Yeshua. You know how powerful that is? That will break the gates of hell wide open. That would just, just, that would just shake, and 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 there'll be an earthquake in hell. There'll be an earth. The, the the demons will be so terrified and be so petrified. They be on guard. They'll be on watch. We'll have them on notice, but we are on notice because we're so vulnerable. We're so fragile in the spirit. Nobody wants to. Go beyond. Nobody wants to, to, to research and nobody wants to open the Bible. The Bible is full of jewels, full of riches, full of rewards. It's full of, it's full of hurt. It's full of pain. Uh, the Bible is a, it's a mirror. The Bible, you don't read the Bible. The Bible reads you.
And then it gives you the results of who you are. And once you realize who you are, that's when you start walking with the Bible even more because now it becomes your weapon. It becomes your weapon. You can never master the Bible because the Bible is the word of God. It is the mind of God. It is the power of God. It is the spirit of God. And to have that power at our, at our grasp is just awesome. But a lot of us, all of us, don't take advantage of what the Lord has given us because we care not. We wish to live for the fantasy. We live to li live for the now and not look and see what the Lord has planned for our futures, what the Lord has planned for our souls. With the innovation of AI, the technology has just took over the planet. Literally, it's taken over the planet. And it's most certain that Daniel knew this as well. In Daniel 12, verse 4, the Lord tells Daniel, who says, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end, which is now. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. We run to and fro all the time. Airwaves through 5G, through 4G, 3G, um, satellites, airwave. We're running to and fro. And then if you want to say physically, we're doing that through uh, our air transportation and our, our, our trains and our boats and you name it. We're doing all types of things that those people back in those times could only have visions of and dreams of. We are now experiencing all of the, the, the prophecies that the prophets prophesied in those days. All those dreams and visions that they had that, that was undescribable, that used to make them uh, uh, fall to the ground and, and used to have them grieved in the spirit because the thoughts and the dreams were just so mind-boggling and, and just something that, that was just unheard of, just ridiculous, like utterly mind-blowing. And here we are, here we are in 2020, the most bizarre, mysterious, evil, corrupt, violent, brutal, perilous time in world history. And this was prophesied, I would say, more than 3,000 years ago, before, before the Lord Yeshua. The point is, we're here now. We're here now. And with AI and 5G and everything else they're throwing at us, they're securing their plans and they're reassuring all of their agendas with technology. Technology is what's keeping us confounded. Technology is what has us confined, what has us entrapped in the big, the web of deceit. I believe there was a movie named Web of Deceit. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Like I said, they always throw stuff at us from the past to mock us. But we are in the web of deceit currently with the uh, prince of the air taking reign on this earth. The prince of the air is what the Lord called them. And when you think about it, 5G and satellites, all these things, they take place in the air. It's all airwaves, broadcasting, 
cast a broad spell. That's what broadcasting is. You cast a spell through a broad range of people, through the masses. You can cast spells through the masses to a multitude of people. The prince of the air, he rules the air. He rules the air. That's why there's so much junk in the galaxy. That's why there's so much pollution in space. And these so-called space stations, they say that. No one knows for sure. But again, AI will have you believe these things. And it's on pace to have every human being connected. Connected to 5G. 5G and AI are the web of society. It chooses to entangle each and every one of our brains and our souls into their technology. And it's happening right before our eyes. Subtly, subtly, each year, each decade, AI has gotten better and better and bigger and faster and more stronger. Now, AI is to the point where it no longer needs a programmer. It's programming itself. It's coming up with its own programs. It's making its own agendas. It's causing its own narratives throughout society. So we are following the ways of the cyber world. We're in the cyber world. We're in a virtual reality. We are in the matrix. Welcome to the matrix. Because of the fact that they love to keep their citizens safe. They love to keep the world safe. Now, all of a sudden, there's a coin shortage. I, 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 I can't get that. A coin shortage. Coins have been around for decades. I remember my grandfather just having a whole closet full of coins. Pennies and nickels and dimes. Coins have been around as long as I can remember. But it's funny how in the last... Six months. Everything is happening in the next in the last six months. In less than a year, all types of things are, are, are occurring. Mysterious things are disappearing and, and are appearing. Things that have never happened before in society, in history, in the world history, are happening now in less than six months. Now there's a coin shortage. So now what that means is everything has to be uh, digitally transactions all we all nothing but digital transactions and certain european nations they don't accept cash they already have a cashless society i believe uh countries like switzerland india's cashless i believe china's cashless and everybody's following suit because it it, it goes according to the plan it goes according to the grand scheme so if we go cashless guess what all of our finances are tracked. No more dollars, no more spending in where you, where, where you choose to spend. Now they have to have tabs and they have to have monitor and surveillance on every purchase that is made. Why? As we always do in the Lookout Post, we're going to take a little break, stretch, get some fresh air, and we'll be back in a few seconds.
for control. They want to feel as though they're in control of our lives. They're in control of everything. They want it to the point where we are existing and we are depending totally and fully upon the government. That's where they want us. They want us to be totally dependent on the government. And then our capitalist system becomes socialist. And then from socialist, it descends right down to communism. The hell of all society lifestyles. That's where we're heading. That's, actually, that's where we are. We already touched on how we got here. This is where we are. We are in the end times. So, knowing this, we have to stand strong in the faith of the Lord because this is our only weapon. We can't fight these rulers of the darkness of this world with our bare hands. We'll get destroyed. We'll get shredded to pieces. But once we go before our God and he gives the okay to his angels to thrash the demons with their, with their flaming swords, now, now, we become conquerors. We become conquerors because we walk and stand by our God, the king, the king of kings, lord of lords, soon to come. Listen, the levees are giving way. It's coming off the hinges. It's hanging from a thread, literally coming apart off the seams. You know, the first lockdown was to fortify 5G in every quarter of the cities and every residential district of the neighboring uh, suburban areas. You notice how there was more and there's more construction going on? There's more construction going on in Massachusetts towns and cities in the last six months than the Big Dig project itself. Just like how we have smartphones and smart TVs, smart watches, smart this, smart that, they're building a smart city. I'm sure most of us all are aware that these devices labeled smart are surveillances and tracking and monitoring devices. Our TVs are not only watching us, but the feds are watching us as well. The feds admitted it. They said that smart TVs, yes, are susceptible to being monitored by hackers, quote-unquote hackers, as if they're not the main ones. From its built-in cameras and microphones, but yet we salivate at the latest smart devices. So what do you think the new cities and the towns are going to have in place? And now 5G is being glamorized by major cell phone companies. They're making this thing look precious and beautiful. You've seen it. I don't want to name no names, but I'm sure you've seen that, that, that commercial. It plays every five minutes. Every five minutes. Just conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. Pounding, pounding, pounding. Till you run out and get it. Till you run out and get it. Because you look at your phone, you say, ah, this phone's old. But yet it does the same thing. Your phone basically does the same thing. You answer it. You can text. You can get your emails. You can check websites. You can go to YouTube. And then that's it. Take pictures. What is the difference between a 6 and a 12? I want to share an article written by a man by the, mind, by the name of Mark Harris. Um, from 2017, from the Wired website. 
It's of emergence in the future dominance AI will have in this country and the world. The article is about a man by the name of Anthony Lewandowski, a Silicon Valley researcher and a leader of the new AI religion. He calls the way of the future. This is the name of his group or his organization. It's called the way of the future. He makes a bold and a chilling statement, quote unquote. WTF activities will focus on the realization, acceptance, and worship of a Godhead based on AI. Mm, Unbelievable. That is absolute blasphemy. Disgusting. The religion will seek to build working relationships with AI industry leaders, create memberships through community outreach. That's blasphemy. Blueprints of hell. To flood the community with this perversion. Mm. He goes on to say, what is going to be creative will effectively be a God. Not in the sense that it will make lightning or cause its hurricanes. But if there is something a billion times smarter than the average human, what else are you going to call it? Hmm. You know, they have AI churches all over the world. All over the world. In, in, in Europe. In Asia. But it's not... It's not uh, covered by the media. They don't touch it with a 10-foot pole because it's too premature. They haven't got the okay yet. But once the okay comes, then I'm sure it would, you know, go viral. But not just yet. Not just yet. They have to wait for the whole world, society, be to be in a sedated state, a strong delusion, basically zombies. Then they'll roll out the idea and also fittingly with all the churches are hollow and boarded up. Then you could be part of the church right in the comfort of your own home. While the spreading of the gospel will be deemed hate speech. Hate speech. And it's deemed hate speech even now. In certain parts of the, of the country, they classify uh, the gospel as hate speech because of our, uh, our stance on the LGBT in certain matters, in, in matters of immorality. They call it hate speech. They're saying that we're hating and that we're, you know, we're spreading uh, malicious messages because we speak on the truth. When the torch was passed down to Obama, this is when the nation took a turn for the worst. This is when deception was at an all-time high because we looked at Mr. Obama as a, a valiant black man, children looked up to him. You know, with they, he was like a role model. He he was uh, 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 finally a black leader. All our black leaders were slain, but here comes Obama. Here comes Obama to save the day, to lift the black folks out of the gutters, to to bring us to dignity and and allow us to have uh, equality and freedom and. And all the things that we was promised, but it never came to pass. But Obama was going to be the one that would allow these things to come to pass. Finally, finally. And what was the first order of business when he stepped on the scene? I'm going to give you a, a few seconds to think about it. What was his major, major order, his major decision, his major agenda it actually stapled him as the first president in United States history to make such a bold move. When he first signed the law 
and allowed gay marriage to take place for the first time in world history, not even U.S. history, world history. He was the first man to allow a man and a man and a woman and a woman to get married, to enter into a covenant which was set by God upon our creation. But he took it upon himself to say, I'm the ruler of the nation, so therefore I put, I stamp a new law that states as such. That reminds me of the time of Daniel. The king set up an image. He set up a statue. And there was some haters, like the, there's haters all over the world. There's always a hater. There's always that one hater or them two haters that's always hating on somebody because they're shining. Daniel had favor with the king and hated it. Because they would kiss his, they kissed the, the kings behind, but they were just servants and that was it. They had no more um, authority. But Daniel was given authority because he was able to interpret dreams. So therefore, he was able to, to um, soothe the king and to minister unto the king. So therefore, the king gave Daniel, he gave him reign throughout the, throughout the land. So they was hating on him. They came up with an idea. They devised a plan that would go against Daniel. They said, we're going to make a decree and give it to the king that all who don't bow down to the king's image shall be slain. So immediately they knew Daniel was going to be the first one to be slain because they knew Daniel wasn't going to bow. They knew he was a man of God and that no matter what, he will stand with his God to death. And they knew that. So they wanted to see him die, hating, evil, Sure enough, went before the king, you know, uh, the king put him down in the pit. Even the king knew there was something about Daniel. He had a feeling. He couldn't even sleep at night. He had a feeling that Daniel wasn't dead. He knew that Daniel was down there. He could feel it in his soul. And he, even, he knew to the point where he even called down into the pit. He said, Daniel, are you down there? Daniel said, live forever, my king. I'm here. My Lord has closed the mouth of the beast. From that point on, the Pharaoh made a decree that all who don't worship the God of Daniel shall be slain. And those same men, those same men that plotted a Daniel, them and their families was tossed into the pit, were tossed into the lion's pit. And they said that the lion consumed them and had their way with them. The point is, and I mean no disrespect to anyone. I'm not, I'm not uh, homophobic and I'm not uh, racist and I'm not any of these things. I'm a man of love. Uh, my name is B. Nevelyn. Look up the word B. Nevelyn. That's, that's who I am. So I mean no malice to anyone. Again, I'm just stating facts. I, I made the illustration of Daniel to say that there's no difference between the law in Daniel's time of the law of now because the LGBT is a law itself. It started as a movement. It started as a, a project. It started as a community. And now it's an entity. Now it's, it's, it's stapled. It's part of life. It's, it's part of culture. It, it took over culture. 
So it's to the point now that if you don't bow down to their law or you don't bow down to their ideologies and their beliefs, now you will be persecuted. You could be, you could be fired from your job. You could be kicked out of your apartment. Your home could be taken away from you just for something that you said that was contrary to their beliefs or contrary to their culture. And you might not even say hatefully. You just stayed in a point. You can't even speak your mind anymore. So the point I'm making is around that time is when uh, pages of our Constitution started to get ripped out because our, our freedom of speech was silenced. Now we were starting to get censored at all angles. We were starting to get censored all over the place, especially, especially faith, especially faith. They target faith immediately. The truth stings. The truth is like a hot sword that penetrates your heart, just cuts right through your heart, goes straight in. And it, and it purifies and it purges out all the lies, just purges it all out. But nobody wants that purging, no one wants that cleansing. So therefore, it's hate speech. Get it out the way. Get rid of it. Get it out of here. Hurry up. Hurry up. Truth is garlic to a vampire and, and, and the holy water. Holy water. The only holy water is from the, is from the, the pool of Siloam and the pool of Bethesda. The only two flowing rivers of water that have healing power that has been blessed by the Lord. The Bible says in John 5 that there was a lame man, a man that couldn't walk. He was, he was at the pool of Bethesda. He was there just laying there because he couldn't walk. Nobody would help him in, help him in the water. He was laying there for 38 long years. The Lord seen him there and he asked him, will you now be healed? Will you now behold? It took him 38 years to be healed. And the Lord took one glance upon him and asked him, will you be healed? That's it. So the Lord is asking you, will you be healed? We don't have time to sit around and wait at the pool of Bethesda. Wait for the next man to get out and to jump in. We got to jump in now. We don't have 38 years we don't even know if we have another hour. We need to jump in now. We need to take a hold of the Lord now. Because we're not promised tomorrow. I want to express my appreciation to all the listeners. And I hope that you continue to listen. God bless you and your families.